I would go on record and say that Conor McGregor's interim title is complete hoax. Would you agree with me? Absolutely, man. I was so pissed when they made that interim title. Jose Aldo, defending champion, reigning only only featherweight champion in the UFC history and, and the history of that division, coming over as the champion in the WEC. You know, they pull some crap because they're not happy with him. Because he pulled out of like four fights in the span of, I don't know, five years, and and they, and they just wanna they wanna do the best that they can to give Conor McGregor even more accolades so they can be like, yeah, this guy's great, buy into him, buy our pay per view. They're just trying to make him really popular, and it's such bullshit, man. Like that whole interim title is total crap. Buy the Reebok kit. Too. Yeah. You know, like that's, you know, that whatever bullshit that Reebok is selling. Yeah, if you buy the Conor McGregor Reebok kit, it comes with an interim belt. <laughs> and also, you know, Jose Aldo, I mean, how long was uh, was Cain Velasquez injured? He was out for like almost two years before they decided years, to have man. an interim belt, you know? And it wasn't, you know, it's not, and, and Aldo fought just a few months ago. When he, he fought Chad Mendez, like what, maybe about eight months ago. So I mean, that's yeah. a totally reasonable amount of time. And also, the thing is, everyone's also, you know, Conor McGregor's camp is saying like, oh, well, you know, Conor went into it, he had an injury, you know, he, he had a, you know, his knee was injured or whatever. I mean, that may or may not be true, who knows. But the thing is, with Aldo and his rib injury, it's not so much like, you know, ribs are tricky, you know. He, he, you can't do cardio, you can't make weight, you can't, you can't train... And this is the thing that people that have no idea about training don't know. It's like, you know, Aldo doesn't walk around at 147 pounds, you know, so if he has no way of doing cardio, he's not going to be able to make weight, and then it's, you're, gonna, you're not going to have the fight anyhow. So it's like sort of a moot point whether or not, oh yeah, you know, his injury is injury, you know, you know, McGregor was injured. Yeah, but he had a different type of injury. If you can't breathe, you can't do cardio, and that's the thing that a lot of people are... are who obviously don't know what the hell they're anything about training or martial arts don't understand that you know and it's yeah all these like dilettantes you know they're just like oh you know he's he's you know i he I can't believe he's pulling out all this stuff but it's like he has no choice he's not gonna be able to make weight and then you're not gonna have a fight or it's gonna be some you know cat you know he's gonna come in not make weight give up whatever amount of his purse and it's not gonna be for a title actually how does that work if he say jose aldo did fight and he was like 155 pounds and McGregor somehow beats him, right? Does he? Does McGregor become the champ, or what happens? I don't. I don't think so. Um, oh, you know, what? if it's it's the other way around, if McGregor had missed weight and he beat him, he wouldn't become the champion. Um, yeah, maybe he would still become the champion. I think that they would try to find some way to make him the champion, even if it were in the rules previously that if the champion misses weight, then it's a non-title bout. Um, you know, I just think that they would do anything that they can to get this guy into the position that he's in right now. Like they're, that's all they're doing. They're just trying their best to get him there. I mean, this total crap uh, title shot that he got off of what? You know, off of beating Dustin Poirier. Great fighter, but, you know, not the type of guy that you immediately go into a title shot. Dennis Seaver, same thing, man. Yeah. It's like, 
who the hell did he beat that made him earn a title shot? Nobody. He got marketed really well. He sold himself really well. And they wanted him to be there. I mean, you know, Dana White's putting this guy in his Ferrari and jump driving around in Las Vegas. The dude rented a mansion for his fight camp, you know, to stay in Las Vegas. Um, it's just ridiculous, man. This guy's like getting so much treatment. I've never seen anybody get treated like this before. And, you know, uh, Dana White threw Aldo totally, totally to the wolves, man, when he was, like, showing, saying, oh, our UFC doctor says it's, says it's not a broken rib. So he was saying, you know, Aldo is ducking McGregor, you know, and he's just selling the fight, and he's throwing his champion, his reigning champion, pound for pound, awesome fighter, just, like, totally under the bus. He doesn't give a shit about Aldo. And Aldo speaks up, man. He's like, this Reebok deal sucks. There should be a fighters union, and Dana doesn't like that. He, I don't think he likes Aldo. The thing is, though, I, I'm going to go back to this again. It's got nothing to do. Honestly, I don't even care if his ribs are broken or not because even if you have a problem, I mean, I've had, I broke my ribs once years ago, and I couldn't, I couldn't even breathe. I, I broke my ribs about not. No, I'm sorry, I didn't break my ribs, but I bruised my ribs about six months ago, and. Uh, I couldn't, I could barely do anything, man. And it's got nothing to do with like, oh, you know, being tough. It's like you literally can't breathe. And if you can't do that, you're not going to make weight. So that's really the end of the story. It's got nothing to do about who's tougher or, you know, McGregor had a hurt, you know, he, he twisted his ankle before he had the fight against men. Or I, don't, I don't even know. He looked like he moved fine, if you ask me. So how, there how was nothing in the post fight. Yeah, there how, was how, in like the, the clearance afterwards, like the, the medical records didn't say, Conor McGregor out for six months until he has his knee examined. That that it, that wasn't there. No, totally. And and that's that's what I'm saying. You know, it's just like it's fishy. The whole thing's fishy. And even this fight with Chad Mendez, I think, was kinky. Because yeah. Uh, and that's once again another thing. I got into this. And I I try never. I try not to interact with people too much on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Just because it's a losing battle. You can't make a point. You know, you know. I'm not going to name names, but you, you and I both know this guy actually. And and on my Facebook page, we got into this exchange about Chad Mendez, and you know, all I said was like, "Yeah, Mendez is out of shape. He had two weeks to prepare. It, you know, maybe not even two weeks to really prepare for the fight. You know, basically, he got two weeks to make weight to come down to whatever you know to to 145. It was like shooting like a, a hunting show. You know, right up to this, McGregor had three months to, to train. You know, and, and, and I'm going to go and say this again, man. Most people I know that know about training and martial arts understand that, like, without a fight camp, you really, regardless of what level you're at, I mean, regardless of what your technical ability is, if you are not in shape and you run out of gas, you're going to lose straight up. You, you can't perform your techniques unless you're in shape, you know? And that's, yeah, and also the fact that, and look, McGregor is a great, you know, kicker. He's, he's got awesome hands. He's got a lot of power for 145. You know, and of course, you know, yeah. He, he was uh, smashing Mendez's body with those kicks. But you take a guy who's, you know, a guy who'd been sparring, who'd been doing conditioning. You know, that stuff, you're going to absorb those shots a lot better than somebody who was, like, you know, hiking in the woods for, like, six months. You know what I mean? Since his last fight with Aldo. And, uh... Yeah, no one wants to see that. They just want to see that he got beat. They want to forget that Aldo, um, that uh, Mendez took him down at will. You know, pretty much. There's like no ground game at all. And you know, people that 
are defending McGregor are going to be like, oh, well, you know, he, his knee, you know. Yeah, but also I didn't see any problems with him pivoting on his on either leg when he was throwing those kicks. So how how bad? And once again, how bad could his knee injury be? You know, and then his coaching staff were saying, well, you know, he didn't do any wrestling rounds at all. You don't learn wrestling in six months, man. Like having like a, a takedown defense, you know, against a guy who's been like Mendez, who's been training wrestling since he was probably eight years old. You know, I don't care if McGregor. For three months, if all he did was train wrestling, takedown defense, he, Mendez still would have taken him down like that. You know, there would have been no, he would have had no answer for it. When he was on his back, he was flat on his back. He didn't try to hip escape. He didn't try to move his hips. He had no answer for it. Nothing. And I think you take a Men, uh, Mendez who's in shape, who's got a full fight camp, then you get a different fight completely. And I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm just saying you get a different fight. And that's, I'm just going to rest my case on that. You know, one thing I think is a little, like, interesting to think about is uh, Jose Aldo, they said he was going to make something like, I don't know, it was I'm just going to say $2 million, but it might have been $4 million, but I know it wasn't less than $2 million. And, uh, you know, maybe that was, like, pay-per-view points. Uh, I don't know how much his uh, salary is, but it's going to be more than Chad Mendez. Um, and the UFC had, you know, they are saying, you know, you're going to get a, a portion of this. So he was, you know, going to make $2 million. Well, where does that $2 million go? Does it just disappear? Does it go into the UFC's pocket? Does it go to Chad Mendez for some reason? I don't know. I mean, I thought that the fight, the ending fight sequence was really weird, how Chad Mendez was hands down, walking away, sort of looking away from the punches, you know, the last two. And then four seconds left in the round, and Herb Dean stops it. Four seconds. He's punching on Chad Mendez's shoulder and arm, and he has his uh, elbow over like uh, over his head where it's framed up in a triangle, and, and he's punching that. Four more seconds, there would have been a third round. Yeah. And, you know, maybe McGregor would have finished him in that round, but the stoppage, I had a really, really big problem with the stoppage with four seconds left. I mean, we had just come out of that crazy war with McDonald. And uh, and Lawler. Oh yeah, that fight was crazy and very brutal. It was like it, it was crazy to watch and, and sort of very intense. Yeah, and definitely. then you're gonna do the exact opposite and stop a dude with four seconds yeah. left in the round. I mean, it was a real. I did not agree with that stoppage. You know, I mean, you know, it, other people can put on their tinfoil hat and think about that themselves. I don't even need to say more. Well, if, if Herb Dean had been uh, the official for, for the Lawler-McDonald fight, maybe he would have stopped the fight when McDonald knocked Lawler down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I mean, man. Like, you need... I don't know, man. I'm, I'm all for safety and everything. and uh, and But also, I don't feel like that was a TKO. You know what I mean? With Mendez. Yeah. Totally. But he had no problem with it. He was smiling at the presser. He was smiling after the fight. But I mean, pretty happy for a guy that just lost. Yeah, I agree with that. So, what do you think? You think it was a work in there? Is that what you think? I think it's weird. It, dude, though, honestly, McGregor's whole fucking shit is weird. If you ask me, man, it's like guy came out of nowhere, right? He's got a stupid haircut. You know, he dresses like he's in a hip hop video, like Irish hip hop, hip hop video or whatever. And, like, he gets all these, like, 
you know, soup cans, like, lined up for his first few fights. And then he fights, you know, Poirier legit. You know, 145 was not his weight class, obviously, because now at 155 he's destroying people. Poirier... He was the most legit dude that McGregor beat. Totally legit. Seaver, arguably in the twilight of his career, you know, like... A, a fight that was definitely stacked in in McGregor's favor. So now crazy reach advantage. Yeah, man, dude's like you know, and he's slow. You know, whatever, man. You know, um, everyone's like, oh man, a wrestler, a wrestler he needs to fight a wrestler. You know, like you know, he what's what's he gonna be like against a, a top grappler? All right, so then you basically you wake up Chad Mendez out of the out of sleep and okay, hey, two weeks, you know, do this fight. Why not pick Frankie Edgar, man? A guy who's probably in shape, who probably trains. I mean, Edgar's never really out of shape, man. That dude is a maniac. You know, I, I was reading when, even during the Ultimate Fighter with BJ Penn, he was training like twice a day in addition to, to training with the, the guys in the camp. Like, he, he would train the guy at the Ultimate Fighting guys, and then he would also roll, and he would do strength and conditioning and striking and all this other training in addition to all that stuff. The dude, that would be that. I'd like to see that fight, McGregor versus uh, you know uh, our, our boy from uh, from South Jersey. Frank Edgar, uh, man, Frank yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, the UFC didn't want that. No, because like Edgar would not have been tired, you know, uh, would and also would have had uh, you know way better boxing than than Chad Mendez. His takedowns are actually better too because yeah. he blends it three dimensionally. Yeah, he's in, in my opinion. He's a little, yeah, exactly. He's a little bit more of a well-rounded fighter, and I think he's more of a threat to McGregor than Mendez. You know, totally. but I think both of those guys beat McGregor. I think in some iteration of of fights, those guys will will defeat him at some point. I think anyone who the, the key to defeating the McGregor obviously is to take him down. Like I don't care about you know his coaching staff saying, well, he didn't really train wrestling. Then you fucked up, man. Like if you didn't have that motherfucker out there on the mat working takedowns because the thing is Jose Aldo is is a, a top level jiu-jitsu practitioner as well I don't believe that at all I think that's like some smoke and mirrors man I don't I don't believe that they didn't have that guy on the mat rolling with anybody and who's he rolling with in his camp they, you know he doesn't have like some any top level guys his coaching staff is like oh you know we got good guys here who who do you got there do you got Dean Lister there no you don't got anybody like that there. You don't have any, you know, any Gracies there to, for him to train with. You're in the middle of nowhere. You got like ten guys in your in your in your team, you know. So I don't know, man. That that whole thing, it's like kinky, you know. And now there's even controversy now with with this Aldo. The whole thing is the whole controversy. It just sours the whole experience, man. You know. What's that? What's his controversy with Aldo? Well, you know, now Aldo's got the the, the rib and all this like political stuff going on with Aldo and, and the uh, you know and, and the organization and you know and and people are like you know Aldo's you know he's on he's on his way out and all this shit. There's all this like bullshit going on. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going on? People happen. are so quick these days to see that pe- to say that people are are done or, or they're at the end or they're finished. I mean talking about not being finished and just throwing somebody you know out to pasture Frank Muir man hell yeah Frank Muir I was so excited he's uh he's he's 2-0 in his last two now right yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was killer, man. That was I was so so excited, especially that they were two first round KOs because the dude is like a lethal uh, on the ground, lethal grappler, and now he's knocking people out in the first round. You know, and a lot of boxing looked it looked good. I I still think that he gets hit a little too much, and he realized that too because he went out there real emotional. But um, man, people were just so quick to be like, "Oh yeah, Duffy," and I'm like, "Duffy has not beaten anybody." I don't think he has a good chin, and he's he's reckless, you know. And and sure enough, he was. His striking looked horrible. Yeah, yeah. Duffy's not known for his technique, and and he's just a monster. That's that's what his technique is. And he's not even that much of a monster anymore. He's like two forty two. Yeah, actually, he's pretty light. Yeah, I think Frank actually weighed in heavier than him. But Frank didn't look in the greatest shape I've ever seen him. No, but Frank, you know. He, he had a rough couple of years, but he took time off and sort of reworked himself, and he became a different type of fighter, you know. So I was so happy that, that he was able to get these two wins together, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was really nervous watching that fight. I was on the edge of my seat. It was so exciting, and then he pulled it out. Yeah, that was that was awesome, man. And uh, Super awesome. What's next for him? Do you think he's – does he have anything else on the books right now? I read this morning, Andre Arlovsky, they're trying to set it up. I'd like to see that. Kind of crazy. I mean, I think that Arlovsky deserves a higher-ranked opponent, but it's a fight that people wanted to see for a really long time. I think that the new people don't really know about it, but um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's definitely, like, uh, something from, like, the old school, you know what I mean, where it's, like, a a fight that would have, if it would have happened, like, you know, like six years ago or something like that. It would have been yeah, like, maybe even longer. Or longer, probably more like eight or nine years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I think actually the uh, unification of the heavyweight title was supposed to happen with uh, Mir and uh, Arlovsky, uh, but then Mir got hurt on the motorcycle. Oh, right, yeah, and he broke his leg, and he was like out for like a long, and it might have ended, people were saying it was going to end his career, that motorcycle accident. Yeah. Now, I don't want to push this down any further because, in my opinion, this fight was probably the fight of the year, man. But Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald under Chad Mendez and Conor McGregor. Yeah, that was like another travesty. You have like a amazing title fight, and uh, you're, uh, it's like, holy smokes, man. What a, what a fight that was. It was crazy. I think uh, when Lawler became champ, like I've always been a fan of his and, you know, his fight against Johnny Hendricks, like the two fights he had, you know, I'm like, I was rooting for him in both cases, but, uh, I, I'm not going to say that it, it wasn't that I lacked confidence in him, but I saw that he had, uh, weaknesses, you know what I mean? But in his fight against Rory McDonald, well, Robbie Lawler seemed like just fucking like invincible, man. You know, he got knocked down and then he ended up you know, as we saw what happened, you know, he ended up take, taking uh, Rory out. And that was like a grueling, grueling physical fight, man. I think both, neither one of the, in my opinion, neither one of those guys really won, man. Did you see their faces at the end of that fight? That split Yeah, lip? Robbie's lip was split. It was crazy. Yeah, that was like the most intense split lip ever, dude. It's just like his lip was like a flap. You know, oh, yeah, it was brutal. Rory looked like he was like, like a cl- there was a close-up of his face, and he looked like a zombie or something like that. It looked like he was in Walking oh, Dead. Oh, man. It was like he had lost so much blood. He looked so pale. And Robbie Lawler looked like Ichi the Killer or something, you know, with <laughs> yeah. the slit face. Yeah. 
But that, that was amazing. And uh, I thought Robbie was done in the third round, and then I was like, you know, no, no. <laughs> and uh, then he came back, and fourth round was a little touch and go. Fifth round comes out, smashes Rory in the face, and, you know, he just he grabs his face. Like, he just couldn't take the, the, the pain. It was just too much. Yeah, that was uh... – that was like one of the most intense things I think I'd ever really seen, man, in years. And uh, that's yeah. probably going to be fight. That's fight of the year, in my opinion, man. Nothing beats that fight, you know. Yeah, I, I sort of hope nothing does because that was a very, very vicious fight. Another, another brutal KO was um, when Arlovski uh, KO Travis Brown, man. Like it wasn't as bloody as that, but Travis, he was like just. Rocking him in the face, man. And Brown was like basically standing up and just taking. Right, he, like, he was out, just getting rocked. Three times or something, yeah. Yeah, actually, another the the brutality of the uh, Dillashaw win over Hennon Burrell was actually kind of brutal as well. Really, there was like something like twenty. I mean, yeah, we're talking about like most brutal stoppages. I mean, I was I watched that with uh, with Thomas on Saturday uh, at at the. Show one fest at the haunt in Ithaca. They had it on the TVs, and I was watching it. and I was just like, "They gotta stop it! They gotta stop it!" Because Barat was standing, but he was just getting hit after shot after shot, and it was, you know, I was like, "He's out! He's out on his feet!" So he's just standing, and it, but he was just getting bombed on. It was crazy. Yeah, that was. uh but, you know, Dillashaw answered the question, man, whether or not he's a worthy champion. Like, people had doubts about him, and uh, that really kind of shut the book on that one, I think. You know? Oh, yeah, totally, man. And Burrell came out there with the same game plan, so he believed that it was a lucky punch before, and no, nah, man, <laughs> you're foolish. You know, now, of course, uh, Dominic Cruz is uh, talking all this shit about T.J. Dillashaw, and... Uh, I mean, Dominic Cruz is a great fighter, man. You know, an innovator, and probably the originator of that sort of neo footwork um, techniques that that Dillashaw is using now. Like that whole weird movement, changing stances, and you know, the angles that he uses. I mean, you know, Cruz kind of was like a like a you know a more of like a you know, that was kind of his style, really. And I think that. I mean, this is something I read somewhere that Dillashaw adopted that style to be a training partner with uh, with with Uriah Faber, and then he just got so good at it, and then that he just adopted that as his own style, you know. But you know, Dominic Cruz is talking all this shit. He's been out of the game for a while. He's, he's been injured. No one really believes in him. So yeah, of course he's going to be saying all this stuff about T.J. Dillashaw. But that you know, hopefully, I'd like to love to see that fight, man. That I'd style. love to see that fight, man. I don't think I will. But I would love to. My my feeling is, uh, you know, Cruz's issues with his knees, you know, all that stuff. I kind of feel like, like that kind of knee surgeries in, in two years. Yeah, it shit might be. It might be over for him, man. I don't know. He might never come back. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, I saw Paul Felder fight. I think he fought on the same card that uh, Lawler. I think he might have been on the same card last year with Waller and Hendricks, maybe. But that was the first time I saw Paul Felder fight, the guy from Philly. Oh, yeah? I think so. So I saw him fight that one time, and I was like, he, you know, it was a, it was a lower-ranked guy, obviously, than Edson Barboza, but 
he was like, man, I gotta, I gotta keep my eye on this guy because he is striking. You know, he comes more from like a traditional karate background, like he, just his stance and everything. And um, even though he lost against Edson Barboza, I think that that was still like a win for him in some ways, you know, because he, I think people take him yeah, a little more seriously. Yeah, definitely a learning experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I was pulling for, for uh, Felder, even though I, you know, I like Barboza too, but Felder being a guy from Philly and, you know, East Coast based dude, you know, kind of like an uh, underdog, you know, I was kind of pulling for him, so like to see him pull himself into the top 10 eventually yeah I mean the dude survived the spinning back kick to his groin you know I mean that's like that was brutal that was so brutal yeah and uh maybe he was wearing one of those stainless steel uh, tie cups have you ever seen those like yeah there's like Joe Rogan always talks about those yeah those like Muay Thai cups yeah yeah Maybe hopefully that's what he had on, man. I don't know how you, because Barboza is like one of the hardest kickers in the whole fucking UFC, man. Blast him! <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. And uh, the count prevailed over Talos Leeches, 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 Leeches. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That was a close one. Um, Michael Bisping is one of those guys who's always a couple fights away man but he never seems to ever get a title shot man he's never he's always like a couple couple spots a couple little little out of the out of the out of the game man I don't know what it is you know, I'd love to see Bisping have a title shot someday but I, I don't know yeah I, I really don't you know he's not gonna get to a title shot nor do I want to see him at this point in a title shot but with this win over Lightis, I hope that he uh, they should really set him up versus Anderson Silva yeah, at this stage, just as like uh, you know, some sort of event, you know what I mean? The same way they put Diaz against uh, Anderson Silva. When? How long is Anderson Silva um, suspended until? When? When is he done? They keep on putting pushing back the the hearing. Yeah. All these PEDs, man. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't. Uh, I mean, out of everybody who's been busted for PEDs, he's the one where I'm like. You know, I mean, I, I imagine that dude had some serious questions, wanted to, you know, get back on the horse, and his leg was broken horribly, and, you know, I, I imagine the questions that he had, and, you know, I am pretty much trying to justify, or, you know, a reason why he would use it, but if I had to think of a reason, you know, you're the best on top of the world, and then all of a sudden you have this fight in, in, in ending injury I mean it's a man at his weakest point yeah I can imagine him succumbing to wanting to heal faster you know sure yeah so I don't know we'll see what do you think of this Reebok deal that's what a lot of people seem to be talking about it's horrible it sucks yeah it's crap they're horrible they're ugly they're overpriced they're like $90 a kit it's, it's like no, it's not for the fighters. It's for the UFC. Also, they're spelling dudes' names wrong. <laughs> Gibbler. <laughs> yeah. Gibbler or Hernandez. <laughs> yeah. It's and, crazy. Uh, well, also, the thing that sucks, too, is, like, they took away all the other sponsorships off of the, uh, you know, the fighters' shorts, but now the ring looks like a NASCAR. Yeah. You know? Like, the Octagon has, like, mad, mad advertisement all over it, man. You know, like whatever, like Chips Ahoy cookies or whatever the fuck they have. 
Totally, dude. Kraft macaroni. Yeah, it's crazy. Corn nuts, you know, Mike Goldberg's yelling corn nuts every time someone gets kicked in the groin. <laughs> also, know, it's ridiculous, man, but that's the whole thing, is the UFC can make money, the fighters can't. Yeah, it's getting I'm, bad. It, it really is, man, and I think it's like, uh, I, I'm really interested to see like how, how companies like, like Bellator are going to do, because, you know... They have money. I mean, they're on they're on Spike TV, which is a Viacom network. Viacom. You know, they just allow. You know, they don't have a deal with Reebok, so everyone can still make money with their sponsorships. You know, a lot of guys who are maybe a little, you know, maybe past their prime. You know, Tito Ortiz. They're all they're on Bellator. Guys, who, people who get cut from the UFC are now going. You know, are in Bellator. You know, Stephen yeah. Bonner. Um, you know, Phil Davis, who who I don't feel like he's in the twilight of his career. But, you know, he's he's uh, he just signed with Bellator. And he left on a win. Yeah, and he left on a win. And uh, but did he? Did he leave on a win? Yeah, he beats Shara. Oh, okay. Interesting. I thought I thought it was the other way around. But um, but yeah, that's uh, it's interesting with uh, guys who are trying to get signed to a professional MMA uh, organization. The fact that they are going to take a huge pay cut to sign with the UFC, I wonder if that's going to play into people's, how they're going to manage their futures going forward, like new fighters. You know, that might be something that like, well, look, I can sign with Bellator, we're on TV, you know, and if better guys, if that, that might become the dominant organization, who knows, like in like 10 years, you never know, the UFC might be where, where Bellator was a few years ago, you know, they might be like the, the B level because of this greed. You know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, one thing I was saying that might be interesting would be, what if Bellator supported a fighters union? What if there was a fighters union allowed to be in Bellator? I mean, that would create such a division in uh, between another division between Bellator and the UFC. And the UFC is talking about trying to professionalize MMA, and then it's like, you know, Bellator supports a fighters union. I mean, that that would be such a huge way to show that they're different, more professional and serious than the UFC. I think it would be an amazing move. I mean, I think that whole making it more professional and mainstream, I think it's kind of bullshit, really, because, you know, that it's just a justification for where we're going to make more money, you know? Cause I don't, yeah, totally. You know, I don't think that this having this Reebok deal makes it any more professional. I mean, it's just like a, a figurehead, really. You know. Yeah, I think that when the UFC does it, it's like I just see that they want more money. Yeah. Totally. So you want to start talking about this upcoming uh, upcoming fight card we got coming up here? Yeah, man. I mean, I was reading somewhere today where they were saying that they didn't think that it was that good of a card, but when I looked at it, I actually liked a lot of the fights on it. Well, the, pre- the prelims, you got Damian Maya versus Neil Magny, which is, like, pretty pretty, pretty slick, if you ask me. That's a good fight. Yeah, that's a great fight. You know, um, you know I think that that, I think, I don't know if Neil Magny has an answer to Damian Maya, really. I mean, it's going to go to the ground. I'm, I'm going to pick Maya in that one, even though Neil Magny is a, is a you know a tough guy. I still think Maya's going to win that one. Well, Magny's huge for welterweight. Yeah, he's athletic. He's got a good gas tank. Um, 
he'll probably, I mean, he's going to take Maya down. I don't know. I've never seen anyone just hold Maya down, so. Yeah, but if you take Maya down, I feel like if you, it doesn't matter if you take Damian Maya down, you know? I feel that if you take him down, he, he, he he's good off his back, you know what I mean? Yeah, he probably get swept. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Maya will win, but it will, it will definitely, if he loses, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what I don't know what Magni would have to do over three rounds to beat Maya. I mean, Magni's last win was really close. He almost got knocked out in like the first two minutes, and then ended up winning by TKO himself. Yeah. I don't think Maya's going to go in there guns blazing and try no. to knock out Magni. Um, I don't know if Maya can take Magni down. It's it's actually an interesting fight, and I wish it was on the main card. Yeah, that one feels like it should be on the main card because the other. The other prelims, I'm not... I mean, there's a couple of interesting fights on there. But uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, like Pat, Cumming, Pat, Pat Cummins. That's the guy who uh, called out um, Daniel Cormier. <laughs> yeah, he's a Starbucks coffee he's guy. He's a Starbucks barista. <laughs> yeah. But he's fighting against Rafael Calvacante, who um, was the former Strike Force uh, light heavyweight champion. I mean... That's a really hard fight for Cummins. Uh, he just doesn't have the striking, and I don't know if he's going to be able to avoid getting clipped by Calvacante, who he's uh, 11 TKO wins. So, I mean, yeah. dude's 12-5, and five, 11 TKO wins. That's I'm pretty sure that he, Patrick Cummins is going to get knocked out. He lost in his last fight by uh, that uppercut from uh, OSP. OSP. Yeah. And his two losses are TKO losses. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like Patrick Cummins, actually, but his yeah. striking just didn't look very good in that OSP fight. And then uh, the, the two opening fights in the prelims, like, the, I don't know anything about the... Well, actually, I do know uh, the early prelims, that Clint Hester guy, that guy's a, a Ultimate Fighter alumnus. Yeah, Clint Hester from the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I don't know anything about Vitor Miranda... He looked from. He sounded familiar, and I saw a picture, and I was like, no. "I don't remember this guy." I don't know who um, he is. Seven TKOs, two subs, and one decision. Uh, Clint Hester, good striker, fast hands. He, he got beat by Whitaker, but I think Whitaker we're gonna see is gonna start streaking uh, in middleweight. I mean, the guy's a just really, really sublime striker, and uh, I think Hester losing against him. It doesn't speak to, like, Hester being a low level. I think that we just didn't know how good Whitaker actually was. Um, I don't really have a call in this fight because I don't know Miranda well enough. But given that they both have seven TKOs, it should be a pretty fun fight. Yeah. And then uh, this guy, Hugo Viana and uh, Guido Ninja Canetti. I think that's this might be his first or Kennedy this might be his first or second fight in the UFC he might be this might be a, he might be a new guy oh yeah against Hugo Viana this is uh, was that that's on the early prelims that's like the first fight yeah you know I don't know why they call Hugo Viana Wolverine 
because the dude has one TKO win and seven decisions. And I just don't imagine Logan going out there and decisioning guys. No. He can't be Pitbull, yeah, I mean, though. There's like a million guys, a million Brazilian dudes named Pitbull. Well, you know, this Brazilian card, it's the the Ultimate Fighter Brazil yeah. 3000 uh, finale. Yeah, I don't know, man. Wait, didn't, uh, Viana, didn't, isn't he the guy who stepped in in the Dillashaw fight? He fought Dillashaw. But he wasn't the step in, the guy who stepped in. Okay. Oh, no, that was Joe Soto. Joe Soto, right, 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 right. I don't know. But, uh. Hugo Viana, he lost to Dillashaw and Aljamain Sterling. Um, I mean, I think Sterling's probably... He's going to be... I don't know if he's the future of the division, but he's definitely going to be fighting for a title sometime in the future. Um, I don't know. I don't have any real opinion on this fight. I don't know Kennedy at all. Yeah. No, I don't have any. I can't make any kind of uh, judgment on this one. And, uh... Now back back on the proper preliminary card. I gotta be honest, the first two fights, I don't really know much about either one of the either either one of the participants in that fight either. Who's that? Uh Varley Alves versus uh Nordine Taleb? Yeah. Yeah, um Varley Alves is nine and zero. He beat Alan uh, Joban via decision. Um, I think Joban fought on maybe the Mir card. Yeah, he fought recently um, and he won. He did that cart- spinning cartwheel. Yeah, back. and he, he fouled the guy too, so he came, he won that fight. But he, and he might have probably would have lost because he got uh, point deduction. Point deduction. Yep. Yeah. But he he ended up winning that decision. Yeah. So Varley Alves beat him, and I think that's that's a really good win. It is a good win. So you know, as we saw, Joban's uh, dangerous. Yeah. And Nordin Taleb's eleven and two. He, had, he has a loss to Zaromsky. Um, I think Varley Alves is going to move to ten and zero. I think he's a good prospect. All right, cool. So that's something I got to check out. That one, man. pay attention to that. One. Uh, what's the other one? Yuri Alcantara versus Leandro Issa. Yes. Yeah, you know, Yuri Alcantara, he looked really good when he lost against Faber. He looked really good. And um, then he lost recently to Frankie Sands. I don't even remember who the hell that is. And uh, I think he's on a losing streak now. And Leandro Issa, um, he's on a two-fight win streak. He subbed uh, Russell Doan and... uh, Imanari, you had a decision win against Imanari, and that's that's a good win. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what I feel about Yuri Akatara. Um, we just saw his brother fight recently on one of the three thousand cards that just happened in the past and uh, past past week. That is, and his brother didn't look so good um, in a loss against uh, uh, Kevin uh, Casey. That was a really really ugly fight to watch. So I mean, if if is if Yuri's looking the same as his brother, it's not going to be that great of a fight. Though I think that Yuri has been better. Um, 
I just don't know that I could confidently pick him. But, um, you know, I think that's it for the undercard. Move, like, the main card. Yeah. Is, I, think it's, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, the main card's pretty solid. We got the uh, the ladies leading off with Claudia Gedalia and uh, Jessica Agu- Aguiar. Yeah. Um, Gedalia beat um, Joanna Janjacek. Uh, she lost to Joanna and Jacek, I think, by a very by a split decision. And that's her only loss. You know something? Let me double check that one. Because I've been, uh, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, JJ now, and I've been. Oh, checking, she's, she's amazing. I've been like watching all of her old fights. So let's see. Actually, you're right. She lost to Jo. Why the fuck did I think that she she beat Joanna Janjacek? I think Janjacek's undefeated. Okay. Oh yeah. So there, yeah, there was controversy around that. People people were like, well, you know, that wasn't a decisive win. Yeah, it was a split decision. Yeah, it was and, a split decision. Yeah, was... Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So. Oh, I know. She's jacked for that weight class. For 125 pounds, she's, like, massive. She's, like, all muscular and stuff. And then uh, Jessica Aguiar. Um, was she also an ultimate fighter? Women's? I don't think so. I mean, she she was, like, a... She had a lot of great... Win, uh, she, she beat the the best female fighter before Ronda Rousey Mega Megu Fuji Megumi Fuji um she beat her twice one time unfortunately it was due to eye poke in the second round and went to a had to go to a judge's decision uh but yeah Jessica Aguilar she, she's um she's a good fighter obviously I mean she's beat some good people uh eight subs and uh Claudia has six subs. I, I think that's a really, really good even matchup. I'm going to go with Gedalia on this one. I'm going to go with Aguilar for the upset. Okay. And I think, too, that while, while Gedalia lost by a very close split decision versus Joanna, I think that Joanna is getting so much better every fight yeah. that... Gedalia's only chance to ever beat JJ was probably that fight and I think if they rematched it, it, it ain't gonna happen the only thing I have to say about Joanna is that she better pay attention to the ground game a little bit too cause like you know she's a little bit deficient in that area yeah you know, I think she is yeah yeah. I, mean, I, I, I'm a fan dude I you know I'm, I'm gonna buy a Joanna uh, Jacek uh, shirt I think I might buy her a Reebok kit <laughs> nice. <laughs> I totally rock that, man. I'm I'm a big backer of hers. You know, I think she's awesome. You could just say it's like one of those um, Muay Thai skirts. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I might I might uh, I'm definitely gonna I would rock her shirt totally. Hell yeah. Yeah. So now we're getting into uh, Antonio Bigfoot Silva versus Seo Paleli. This is like interesting to me. Because now we have a, a uh, TRT-free uh, Antonio Silva, who well, he, he's coming off two losses, I believe, two bad Dude. losses. Bad losses. Yeah. Mir yeah, and Arlovsky. Silva's so slow. Yeah. So Pulele, dude, the Hulk. I mean, Pulele's twenty-two and four, eighteen TKOs. Yeah. 
Antonio Silva, six losses by TKO out of his seven losses. All those losses are in the first round. Yeah. Those TKOs. I mean, dude. Palili's huge. These guys are both like 265. Yeah, they're big dudes. And they cut to get to it. And uh, I think Palili's going to wreck Silva. I'm on board with that, man. I got I got Palili in this one. You know, I just yeah. think, you know, Silva, probably out of all the guys who have been taking PEDs, is probably the guy who actually needs to be on TRT because doesn't he have like yeah, a totally. thyroid condition or some sort of yep. thing that regulates it? So my man should probably uh, think about retiring and doing something you else. Yeah, retire, dude. Yeah. So this might be it for him, man. We'll see how this fight goes. But I think I'm, I'm all 100% behind Pulele. Stefan Struve versus uh, Little Nog. Yeah, dude. Uh, big Nog. Big Nog, sorry. I, you know, I never <laughs> fucking get that straight, man. I even wrote it down, too. I wrote it down. Awesome. Minotaro, Big Nog, no <laughs> Um, This is kind of interesting because uh, Struve... You know, he had the heart issue. He also has some, you know, he didn't come out of his room. Apparently, there were some anxiety issues, too, in his fight against, uh, I think it was against Mitrione, maybe. And, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I think those things are really big liabilities if you're going to be doing MMA, in my opinion. Yeah. You know. But then again, Nogueira, I think he's coming off of two losses, right? Yeah, Nogueira lost... uh, So check this out. Win, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss. It's like a cheat code for, like, extra fighters on a video game. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, his last two losses... His last loss was Roy Nelson. And then before that, I'm going to have to guess, was probably Mir. Oh, it was uh, Fabricio Verdum. Ah, It was Nelson Verdum. He beat Dave Herman. Yeah, he beat Herman. Uh, before that, he lost to uh, uh, Frank Muir. Yep, there you before go. Before that, yeah. I mean, it's a... Uh, God, man, the thing is, Struve is totally a beatable fighter. I could see Nogueira getting him because Nogueira has good enough boxing and uh, Struve has really, really poor defense. I, I'm, I'm picking Nogueira... Because, number one, I feel like Struve has... I think his mental game's not there, in addition to all the things you said. And also, Nogueira in Brazil. You know what I mean? That, yes. That, that's that's, a, that's a, a little bit of a factor, but I'm, I'm picking Nogueira. You know, my heart... Yeah, me too. My heart and my and my, my brain are picking him, you know? It sucks to... I mean, I don't understand why Struve never went and, like, worked out with Simi Schilt as his mentor. Yeah. Because... Man, that's how he should be fighting in his stand-up. I know it's MMA and it's different. He has to worry about takedowns. But his range sucks. When you can get a dude like Mark Mark Hunt getting past your range and, like, bombing a hook on you, I mean, dude, the the height difference, the the inch difference with, with their the length of their arms, I mean, yeah. it's, like, well, insane. You know, I'm not claiming to be an expert in any of this stuff, but... The one thing, like, guys that are, like, got that, those long arms, true, you're right, yeah, it's MMA, but if they, 
they could they could control if they could control that distance then not let anyone on the inside they can see takedowns coming you know they can keep people away from them he's got long legs he can you know all that sort of stuff he can score from far away so uh, you know he has a you know he's Dutch so he should fucking have that kickboxing like down you know what I'm saying yeah man or go work with John Jones yeah you know yeah the next two guys are they're they're tough uh, finalists, right? Tough Brazil. I know nothing about these guys. Yeah, at all. I, I think they're guys. At from, all. Yeah, they're on the main card, but I, I don't think either one of these guys have any fights really. I think that they're just guys from the Ultimate Fighter. I literally wrote under these guys, no opinion. I don't yeah. know anything about them. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have time to guys. watch fights on them. I just I just don't know who who they are. I don't even I don't know if they have any though. That's the thing, man. It's like I think that the fights are you'd have to look them up on like jungle fights or something, you know, or something. Yeah. You know, you'd have to look them up on yeah. Uh, Hinaldo Vieira, this is it. This is his first fight. Um, in the UFC, that is. Right, he's thirteen and three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the first fight for the, all these guys in the UFC because they're from Ultimate Fighter Brazil. Yeah. You know, Glyco Franca is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a guess and say this is probably his debut in the UFC. Yeah, yeah he'll save you twenty percent on car insurance too. <laughs> yep. So he's he's most likely a tough Brazil finalist. Fernando Bruno. Yep. This is his debut in the UFC. Yeah, and, and Delano Lopez. I mean. You know, you see some guys with some interesting records, but in Brazil, you know, you do have jungle fights. These guys could have been crushing cans. I don't know. You know, we'll see how they are. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in any type of TUF. They're on, they're on the main card, so one way or the other, I'm going to watch the fight. You know, this is a pay-per-view. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, right. there's a pay-per-view. I'm going to get my goddamn money's worth out of it, so I'm going to watch the goddamn this, fight. This is a pay-per-view? Isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. It is, Honda, right? Honda Housey. Yeah, Honda. Honda Housey versus Betsy Coheja. This is a, it's a good card, but this isn't pay-per-view level card. It's a weird, I, you know, I, I'm agreeing with you. This would have been a great uh, Fox Sports uh, awesome fight night. Fox card. Yeah. Because now, now we have a fight that would have been great in 2005. Um, we got Mauricio Shogun Hua versus uh, Little Nog. Little Nog, yeah. I got this right this time, right? Yeah, okay. it's a rematch. <laughs> yeah, a rematch. Um, you know, I think the most interesting thing about this is that you know, Gare, uh, excuse me, Hua went back to Rafael Car- uh, Cordero. Yeah, yep. The shoot the box and guy. Little has been training with ATT. Yeah. So I mean, that's interesting. However, these guys are pretty shop worn, and I think that Nogueira still has a hell of a chin. I mean, he got bombed on by Johnson, and uh, Hua, I don't, not so much. No. I think that Nogueira is going to win. I'm gonna go. It, it's it's uh, saddens me to to have to decide who I want to win in this fight because I respect both of these guys immensely. They've so done much, so much for the sport. They're like true warriors, and uh, they're just like you know, no nonsense guys, man. Like they're just they're just battlers, you know, with like a lot of history in the sport. And uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, with Nogueira in this one as well. Um, and I hope I hope the Nogueira brothers uh, retire. <laughs> they those guys look they they're not even forty years old, man. They look like they're like like getting, pushing sixty, man. Yeah, totally, man. Like their collective age is the age of the collective human race. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. They they should just focus on uh, you know their camp or their academy or something like that down there in Brazil. And yeah, you know, apparently both of those guys are humanitarians down there too. Like they have like the people love they like love the Nogueras in Brazil. You know, they're doing all kinds of stuff with the community, and you know, they're just they're good guys. And I just really would like to see them just kind of like you know put a you know close out their career, man, and just move into some other thing, you know. And, totally. Uh, you know, I hope that both of them are, are uh, in a position to do that, you know. So I would love to see them both win and retire. That'd be beautiful. Yeah, that, that's what I'm what I'm angling for is for both of these guys to win and then, you know, go out after this. You know? Tell you the truth, I would love to see both of them win and all the fighters involved in the, the Noguera brothers fights, both Shogun Hua and Stefan Struve, also retire. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm afraid. Like Stefan Struve is like 27 years old, I think. And and yeah, that, and he's been in a lot of fights and wars and a lot of bad beatings. Oh yeah, and also he's got all his. I'd hate to see that dude die, you know, as a result of an of an MMA fight. Yeah, you know, and I think that you know he should uh, consider moving into something else. Maybe you know, I don't know, some you know, picking apples or something like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but uh. Now we come into the main event. <laughs> Honda Housey versus Betsy Cohea. I really wish that her name was, her nickname was Son of a. <laughs> Son of a Betsy. Son Betche. of a Betsy Yeah. That'd be so, that'd be fucking awesome. Dude, there's no way. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to say there's no way. but this, No, you're right. I no, mean, you're right. How the fuck is this happening, man? I mean, it's like. Dude. You know, I. I hate to be that way about it too, because I, I mean, I've, I've watched Betsy fight and all of her, you know, I think she's good, you know, but, and then, uh, you know, Ron, I can't, you can't bet against Ronda Rousey. That's the thing, man. You just can't because she finds a way to beat everybody, you know. And this isn't even a hard fight. No, when no. You, when you look at Betsy as a fighter, she's nine and zero with seven decisions. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, right. Have fun trying to decision Ronda Rousey. All f- who has finished everyone. Yeah. Every single opponent, she's finished them in the first yeah. round, probably. Except, well, no, no. Uh, what's it? Misha Tate. Uh, they went into the second round or third. I was trying to think. Third round, maybe? It was definitely, they definitely went into the second round, maybe the third. I, I don't remember. But yeah, totally. that, that, uh, now it looks like Misha might be getting another shot at the title. We'll see. Why not? I guess so. I Why mean, not? I'd rather see Misha Tate fight against Cyborg. What do you think about that, man? I think if I uh, Cyborg... I mean, what, that, what is Cyborg waiting for? I mean, like, yeah. maybe she really can't get down to the weight. I don't, I don't believe that. I think that if, if um, maybe under these new uh, PED regulations, um, that might ha- help her on her way down to 135. And the IV ban. The IV ban will work against her, though, man. I mean, she definitely wouldn't be able to make 135. She's dependent on rehydrating with an IV, you know. Totally. I mean, I don't think any. I think a lot of these guys are gonna have trouble making one. They're whatever weight class they're in, you know. I was reading this thing today with uh, James Kraus on Bloody Elbow. The dude weighs 190 and fights at 155. He must be a dry motherfucker when he gets on the scale, man. It's crazy. Yeah, that's so bad, dude. <laughs> it's like I can't even imagine like. Having no fluid in your body, and you get on a scale, and then you just rehydrate. 
and fight somebody to have someone try to beat you up the next day. It's crazy. I you think that he gets back up to 190. It's insane. It's insane, man. <laughs> I I think that um in their in their sort of uh, I think they're being overzealous with this uh, rehydration thing with the, not using the uh, the IVs because um you know there's one thing you know you test people you know off season or whatever that's cool but like IVs are used in a lot of different sports man you know and it's not it's not just like they use it in the UFC like wrestlers use it and it's not really I think it's unsafe if, for people to to be dehydrated when they fight and, and I think that there's really if they, with these guys unless everyone's going to move up a weight class I just think that you're risking a lot for so almost, you die yeah like for almost a moot point really you know what I mean so yeah I, if it doesn't solve anything and just creates a fatality then what have you done yeah so I'm kind of against the the, um, the ban on the IV and that doesn't really come into effect for a while anyway I don't think hmm I'm not sure yeah Aldo said straight up he's not gonna he's not doing it he's doing what he wants with the IV <laughs> that's right <laughs> he just doesn't care man he's like on he's like you guys are like pushing me into this so you know I gotta give it to him man for, for being so vocal finally cause that guy's always been really quiet never said anything you know totally he won't be controlled man but uh but yeah man I don't know that's a pay-per-view, man, this is asking a little bit much, I think, for the fans, you know? You know, a lot of these guys are, uh, you know, past their prime. And then the, totally. thing, the thing is with Ronda, it's like, you're going to pay all this money to watch, like, a three-minute fight, you know? Totally like that time where she smoked that lady in, like, 17 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, man. That's, uh... I mean, I'll probably still get it, just because, uh... I usually don't have anything else to do on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, tons of people are still going to buy it, and the UFC knows that. Yeah. I mean, it's a good card, but it's just not a, a pay-per-view quality card. Yeah, totally. So that's pretty much uh, it's pretty much it, man. Jeez, man, I know so many so many cards in the last week. It's insane, but they've all been excellent. There's so been fights every week and sometimes there was one one week where there was three fights there was like three, uh, the Frank Mir fight was like yep. a Wednesday there was whatever card was that weekend and then there was like a Sunday yeah the TUF on Sunday yeah it's crazy man crazy speaking of tough did you watch uh, any of the Black Zillions versus American Top Team ones yeah nope like a sucker I watched the entire season <laughs> I don't know I think I think they need to re put that to, to rest too the Ultimate Fighter you know it's not fun to watch the, I watched the comeback recently that was a great season the comeback from like years ago you mean yeah it was like the third season with like Matt Serra on it and yeah. stuff yeah. yeah that was fun they need to do that shit again yeah it's like the older uh, well the one actually leading up another big issue man I guess we arrive Faber Team Faber versus Team McGregor Team McGregor ridiculous because they're not fighting they can't fight each other at the end of the uh at the end of the season, so why even bother? Stupid. Why even bother doing? Yeah, well, because they want to. They want to. You know, they got to milk Connor, Connor, so you can squeeze out the gold juice. It's like jerking off and not shooting a load or something. It's like you get you get all it's like <laughs> pent up like, and then you just don't release. It's like I want. I would. You, I why do it if you're not those guys who are going to fight each other? What is it, what's the point? It's like that's the whole Money, payoff. Man. That's the whole payoff on all these these cards. It's like all these Ultimate Fighter shows is the two coaches fight. You know, Randy and you know, like 
Yeah, well, I guess actually Nogueira, Nogueira and Shogun were coaches. Yeah, they were supposed to be um, Shogun and Anderson Silva, though, right? That's right. Yeah. And now it's, yeah, Nogueira and, and, and Hua are fighting, and it's always been the coaches battling it out, you know. Uh, Ken Shamrock versus Tito Ortiz. Yeah, that's classic. <laughs> you know, um, so I don't know, man. It's just uh, a lot of questionable stuff going on. I don't know how I feel yeah. about all this. I mean, I think I think the UFC as a as a business is starting to really. Uh, they need to let Dana White like stop being the face of the organization because he's a fucking dick, and yeah. I don't want to hear what he has to say anymore. I just want him to shut the fuck up. But it's like as we saw, there's been four fight cards in a week, and all the fights were amazing. Yeah. So I still love MMA. I just can't fucking stand Dana. He's so annoying. The real the real problem is like you're just like sort of building on what you said. The fights have all been great, man. So, really, what he needs to do is just calm the fuck down and just let these things grow and let let new fans get into it because the fights are so good and the technical ability of everybody is so high right now. Like all the fighters, all the champs are great. All the champs are like total pioneers in the sport, you know. So just let that attract the fans and not worry about Reebok. I mean, I say that because I don't have like millions of dollars in my pocket from signing a piece of paper with Reebok, but it's like, you know, I don't know, man. I think that in the long run, it's going to hurt them a lot. You know, it's going to alienate a lot of people. It's going to alienate the good fighters that are up and coming, you know. And um, I don't know. I think I just think the overall uh, organization is going to suffer as a result of all this. I agree. You know? But right now, there's killer fights. You know, oh, dude, Stitch Duran. Just, Why? Uh, just, <laughs> just expressing the truth, like not even his opinion. He was just basically breaking down what was going on. Yeah, he wasn't even being negative. He was just saying, "I'm not able to make as much money as I did." He wasn't being a jerk about it. And then, so Dana fires him. And then, it's just like then says we were never friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, there was this whole thing. I guess some. No, some, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, like, like what the fuck is that? Petty little bitch. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, it's just like that. And that guy is like uh, a fixture. He's been involved in MMA from the beginning. You know, totally. The Klitsch goes. Uh, you know, he, he's their their cut man whenever they fight. You know, in boxing. Yep. And uh, I think he is. I think he's going to be doing stuff for World Series of Fighting now. I think I saw I think that. He just signed to do like a bunch of boxing things, actually. Yeah, I mean that's obviously probably his background, you know. But I think when I was looking up the um, the Paul Harris uh, fight to see it, to make sure it was on this weekend, because when I found out that I heard on MMA Hour that it was happening this weekend, I was like, well, did, I, did I hear that right? Because it seems like I remember World Series of Fighting. I think was on a weeknight originally. Was it like on? Thursdays? I haven't heard any build up to this fight at all. Yeah. I thought it was odd that they, they scheduled it the night of a, a UFC pay-per-view, you know? Yeah. I mean, regardless of, I mean, they're, they're still a small organization. They've only been around for a few years, and they, they should mind their P's and Q's about that, man, and maybe pick another night of the week to have their Yeah, place. they're like a feeder org anyways. Yeah. You know. Well, that's it, man. You know, it should be, uh, should be an interesting few days. I'm really excited about tomorrow, man, the glory fight. That's going to be awesome. You know? Yeah, man, I'll definitely be watching uh, the replay of that. Yeah, totally. It's uh, I've been keeping uh, keeping tabs on Nikki Holskin, man. He's he's a pretty insane striker, and uh, he's definitely someone to check out. 
and that that's actually a rematch that the uh, fight with Kevin Daniels because um, he defeated him once before. And uh, you know, Daniels is one. I guess I think that he has like a point karate background, so his um, you know, he's into a lot of fancy kicks and you know, spinning techniques and things like that. And Holtzkin is like straight up like Dutch kickboxing, Muay Thai, you know, basics, but just really well executed, you know. And uh, you know, we'll see, man. It's for the, it's for the belt, so he's like the interim champ right now, so it's uh, it's a defense. So we'll yeah, it'll be an awesome fight. Oh yeah, man. I, I always have fun watching Glory. There's always like, you know, I mean, some people. I, I really hope it catches on in the states too, because it's kickboxing has been typically like a European type of thing you know and it still has like that Euro kind of vibe to it but um I hope that I hope that American fans like catch on to it because I'd really like to see it blow up a little bit more you know a lot of people don't really know yeah, it, definitely. even know what it is you know when I talk about glory they're like what the hell is that you know <laughs> but uh yeah I interviewed um Eric Haycraft on the on the podcast uh, about a year ago and he's um he's a, that's right I remember that yeah that was really cool and he was like, "Yeah, it's not doing well." I'm like, "Fuck," <laughs> you know, like, "Shit." That's that's kind of a bummer because they had a pay per view last year, and apparently it didn't, they didn't sell too many of them. So now they're just keeping everything on just on Spike. I don't know, like Spike actually Friday nights. It's like lights out Friday night. It's like their combat sports night. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's actually pretty cool. It's got it's got Bellator, Glory, and then Premier Boxing, which I've been watching that as well. You know, but uh. Not a big boxing fan. I like boxing, but it's uh, I find it a little boring, honestly, for me. Yeah, I agree, man. Just that I'm not, uh, you know, I can bend it for kickboxing, but usually I'm not like a one discipline type guy. I don't. It isn't. I think about the other things that could be happening if this, if this were MMA, you know. Well, even just the difference between boxing and kickboxing, it's like you can right. you. With all the ducking and head, like the head movement thing between boxing and kickboxing, like the movement's different. The lead leg, that whole technique is. You have to watch. You know, have to watch leg kicks, and you got to like make sure that you you don't catch a knee in the face when you're ducking and things like that. So it's like, as years go by, I find boxing to be more and more like unrealistic when it comes to actual combat. So, but anyway, so that's it, man. It was uh, great hanging. You know, on yeah, this, dude, it's uh, been a while. this Thursday night, and uh, you know we've got tons more stuff coming up. So, all right, bro. So, have oh, a good, yeah, man. Have a good evening. Have a good night.
environment of recording up there is amazing because there's like a farm and there's like you know animals wandering around yeah it looks crazy cats and goats stuff. or something yeah goats there's a gigantic 700 pound pig that chills there yeah holy shit yeah totally dude and uh yeah there was like uh four goats the goats were cool they were like these um like there's one goat that was like the leader you know and it was like early morning on the first day the first morning we were there and uh we, there's like a guest house we stayed in and we all went, I was on the porch, and these goats just, like, the, the leader came, and the other ones followed, and they all just, like, just came up on the porch, and were just eating leaves, just, like, eating all these, like, leaves and stuff, and then they just were, like, didn't even, just didn't even pay mind to you, man, they're just checking you out, like, whatever, just kept walking, and they just peaced out, and then uh, the pig actually got into uh, our guest house when we were, we were uh, you know, tracking, walking back to the guest house and the pig like nudged his way in to the door and he was like half in and half out and he was like eating this like chicken carcass out of the garbage oh shit but he was like huge dude he was like 700 pounds huge he was like a award winning pig his name was Francis Bacon <laughs> I don't know it's funny right 